Hey, you're listening to That Witchy Stuff, and I'm your host, Celeste. So, uh, hello. Um, welcome to another week of madness. Um, I don't know about for you guys, but man, January is rough. So rough. And then here we are in February already, and it just doesn't seem like it's letting up at all. Actually, you know, I do this to myself. I, I, I say I cannot take on one more thing, not one more work responsibility, not one more personal responsibility, not one more hobby. And yet, what have I done? I've just continued to add to uh, everything, all of my responsibilities. Um, in fact, I have uh, talked to my job and I'm going to be... I guess, doing a podcast for work. I work for a pretty big software company. Um, we're global. It's not one that you would know. <laughs> um, we do a very specific type of uh, database stuff, but um, there's like 8,000 employees and it's a great company. I really, really love my company, but uh, I felt like there could be some, you know, improvements on things like, uh you know, gender diversity and inclusivity in the workplace. Um, so I guess I'm going to be doing a podcast for that. And that means I really, really, really need to get better at this and be focused on what I'm doing and not have these sentences that come out in like five sections because I keep stopping in the middle of them. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> Thanks for being my guinea pigs, guys. Um, here's to a promotion. So anyway, uh, today I wanted to talk about consecrating tools, but before we talk about that, I wanna revisit the last episode that we did for casting a circle. So when, um, when, when we talked about casting a circle last week, you know, I talked about it in a way that was really kind of very much like what I would do for a ritual you know like it's this big full-on thing casting the circle by itself could take you know 30 minutes um probably not really that long but it could take some time and I wanted to I wanted to go back to that you don't have to do it in this ritual type of way like what I did, that's not how I started with, with any kind of witchcraft. There was no ritual ever whatsoever. Um, and the first circles I cast were more about magical energy than about ritual or, you know, creating that magical mindset. It was about, you know, really pulling in energy from the universe and sort of a gathering it together in this one place now the purpose was still um for you know protection from negative or unintended energies like i said usually from within myself but there are negative energies uh around us even if you're not thinking about it from like a oh there's someone trying to shoot a you know black magic spell at me or there's some ghosty thing outside that wants to get in you know um there are negative energies just from the people around us my mom and dad lived with me for a little while um 
beginning of 2020 until about halfway through 2021. And my dad's great. My mom is not so great. And the black energy that surrounded my house was huge. So that was when I first started casting a circle because I really needed to block out her her energy from coming into my magic. So that is, uh, that's why you want to do it, you know, to set your own personal energy as well as to um, block out energy from the people or things around you. And then also it is um, sort of a landing zone for, um, for, any sort of magic that you're doing. If you're bringing energy into your um, into your magic, which I mean, that's how I always do. I always tap into the energy of the universe. So if you're bringing energy in, it's sort of a place to collect it and then use it. Um, so I wanted to tell you about what I have written in my book of shadows for when I first learned how to cast a circle. Um, it's much more straightforward than what we talked about last week. Uh, I still use the elements, but the rest of it is, is a lot more straightforward. Um, you know, uh, before we go on to that, we talked at the very end of the episode about um, bringing that light into yourself, that energy of light, um, and then letting it fill your body and then letting that light sort of uh, leave your body and expand until it's in the shape of a sphere. I still want you to keep that image in mind. Um, doing when you cast a circle in that way, it's more of a, you can sit in one place and cast a circle in this way. It's more casting a sphere casting a circle itself is still more of a sphere than, you know, just a one-dimensional line around you, but it um, is sort of a little bit more uh, defined either way, whichever way out of in these three ways, or, you know, any of the other hundreds of ways you could probably do it. Any of them is still a magical boundary between you and the rest of the world. So, um, and in any of them, you still kind of want to imagine that um, energy filling yourself and then um, coming outside of yourself to surround you into a safe space. So what, um, here's what I have uh, written before. Um, stand at the center of your uncast circle. Take three deep breaths. Be clear on the purpose for the circle and the intended magic or ritual. Okay, so that means that you're going to be in the middle of the circle, the middle of the sphere, and think about what it is that you're doing. You know, don't just go through the motions, really work the energy. Um, so then face to the east, point your wand or dominant hand at the east point of the circle and say, I call thee guardian of the east and the element of air to watch over this sacred sacred circle. When, you, when I would do that, I would visualize the guardian approaching. And remember, I said last week that the way I 
um, the way I see the elements is, is sort of like this really beautiful, fierce goddess type of um, woman usually. Um, so anyway, visualize her or it or whatever coming towards you. Um, you can sort of uh, greet them. You can say, you know, thank you for coming. Welcome to my circle. If you wanted to, you don't have to. Um, anyway, you want to sort of acknowledge that you have called it and it's been received. However, you're doing it. You want to acknowledge that this now is here. And then you would essentially do the same thing through the rest of the um, elements. When you start with the East, you're going to be pointing your wander athame or fingers or whatever tool you want to use at the like at the floor in front of you towards the east and then as you turn to the south you're going to sort of a uh, trace a circle with your tool um along that that um that arc between east and south um you'll keep doing that you know you'll go through each of the elements you will stop at each point and then say your thing and then turn and continue to trace the arc. You'll keep doing that all the way around. And then when you get through east, south, west, and north, then raise your wand up, like point um, up to the sky, um, straight up. And then you can say something like, I call upon the spirit of the universe to watch over this circle, fill it with love, peace, and divinity. And then from there, you can imagine like this bright beam of light shooting down through the top of your head, all the way through the bottom of your feet and sort of binding you to this sphere that you've created. Um, and then from there, you know, take a minute to stop yourself and feel that you are now surrounded in a circle. Okay, so that is a, a much easier way to cast a circle, equally effective. Um, either way you do it, try to find, um, you, wanna, you wanna try to find what works best for you. Obviously, I say that like every episode, right? It's the truth though, find what resonates with you because what resonates is where your power is. However you do it, whether you want that big ritual or whether you just want that magical boundary, either way is fine. So once you have cast a circle, the first thing that you may want to do um, as far as a magical working would be to consecrate your tools. You don't have to consecrate your tools. You may not feel that it's necessary at all. Um, you may feel like it is completely, you would never ever work with a tool until you've done it. Anyway, it's fine. Um, I like consecrating my tools. Uh, I liked consecrating my tools even before I started with Wicca. Um, I, I really kind of feel like tools are sort of a, um, kind of specifically Wiccan, you know, I feel like Wiccans usually have like these set tools that everyone has to have. And 
and you can't do magic without them kind of thing. Um, I know other witches also use things like wands. I don't know if aphames get used much at all, um, but a cup where um, a chalice, chalice, I don't know how to say it, a cup. A cup could be very instrumental for anyone. Um, a uh, Even tools like um, if you use like a pendulum or if you're going to use something like, if you're going to use um, tarot, you can consecrate those too. Like it's not reserved for, you know, like wand, athame, cup, and um, what's another one? I don't know, sensor. So what is even uh, consecrating? Um, consecrating is sort of a clearing away of any residual energy attached to that item and either leaving it as a blank slate for you to impress your energy upon as you use it or um, bind it to you or you could consecrate tools because you want to um, go ahead and start to put energy into it. Now, for me, the more I use a tool magically, the more powerful that tool becomes. I really believe strongly in energy, right? And I think that things can sort of hold on to some energy, not a whole lot, just a little bit, you know, um, sort of like the frequency you might change a little bit, or uh, there's just a little bit of... Um, it's almost like, have you ever, like if you wear perfume and uh, you are in some, um, some room, you've, you've, maybe not your perfume. I don't know about you guys. I can't smell my perfume after I've worn it for more than like one day. <laughs> I can never smell it again. I just have to hope it's still there. Um, let's say someone you know is wearing some sort of perfume. Uh, they have walked into a room and they've left. You didn't, you weren't there for that time. You walk into the room after them and you can smell their perfume. Now, if this is a room that they spend a lot of time in, even if they've never actually sprayed the perfume in that room, you, over time, day after day, when they come in wearing the same perfume day after day, you can walk into the room and you can smell them in a more than just their perfume. You can kind of smell the um, their natural uh, smell. That sounds really strange as I'm saying it. I'm feeling kind of grossed out by myself right now. Um, uh, you know, everybody has um, hopefully a, a pleasant odor. <laughs> But you can smell people on things, right? I mean, I hope that's not just me. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know now as I'm saying this and, and thinking about it. Anyway, it's not the point. The point is the smell of the perfume um, one time. It may smell much different than kind of the, the smell of this person after they've spent, you know, many days, day after day in this room. Um, now, on that note, 
if you like that smell, that's great, right? If you do not like that smell, like there's some musky element to some perfumes and colognes that is completely overpowering to me. I'm not even joking. I one time smelled it all the way across a park, like a playground kind of park, and took my kids and had to leave because it was so overwhelming that I could not, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. If that's the kind of um, smell that you smell when you walk into a room, maybe you want to open up all the windows and set some fans or something, you know. Um, that is a lot like what consecrating a tool is for. If the energy that's already there is good energy and, and it feels good to you and it works well with you, you don't necessarily need to clear it. If the energy does not feel good to you, you really, really, really want to clear it, right? But if you don't have any feeling either way, then you also may want to just air the room out, you know, just get a blank slate, put your own scent in there. And consecrating a tool is the same way. If you're not feeling any kind of energy with a wand, for example, yeah, you know, I mean, you could leave it, but why not just go ahead and clear the space out? So um, it's also a way to sort of, uh, I mentioned, I think I already said this, to bind it to you. Um, and I don't mean bind it like, you know, how like in the craft is like, what is it? I bind you, Nancy, from harming yourself or others. It's not like that kind of binding. It's like a bond. Like I have a bond with my children, or maybe you have a bond with your friend or anything like that. Have you ever felt like a bond to a physical thing? You know, not a person, but like a thing like, um, oh, have you ever had a favorite ink pen? And you pick your favorite ink pen up and, and you feel like, okay, now I'm ready. You know, now I can do the work. Now I can draw the art, whatever it is you're doing, you know, or like a favorite shirt. I look amazing in this shirt. I love it when I wear this shirt. I'm going to wear this shirt and I'm going to feel amazing. This is what you want to bond your, your tools, bind your tools to yourself, uh, like how you want to bind them to yourself. Um, it just helps to, you know, I mean, I don't really get into a whole lot of the woo-woo bullshit kind of stuff, but I really do kind of get into that one. I think it's, it feels very real to me. And it feels very important to me when I have a, um, when I have a magical tool that means something to me, when I pick it up and I do magic with that tool, it's much more powerful. So, you know, try it out. Maybe you'll find this the same for you. So as far as how do you consecrate your tools? Um, it is sort of a ritual, and I wanted, I wanted to talk about that a little bit, a ritual versus a spell. Um, a ritual, to me, is when I'm going to do something like a blessing, or I want to banish particular energy, I want to bring in particular energy, but I'm not necessarily affecting change. To me, magic is specifically affecting change. It could be within myself. It could be outside of myself, but that's what magic is. If I am just sort of a, you know, 
clearing out the frequencies on something, that is more ritual. It's not really affecting change. It's more just um, affecting a feeling, really. So, um, so yeah, there's not really a spell involved with with consecrating a tool. You don't have to say or or do anything. Honestly, you could I don't know. You could blow across a wand and say it's consecrated. It's yours. Um, but I do like sort of the ritual of of consecrating one. So the way I've consecrated tools before. Um, I had to go back and look at my book of shadows because honestly, it's been a while since I consecrated anything. Um, but yeah, so you're going to want to get um, something to represent each element. Again, there are lots of ways to do this. This is how I did it. You can do it other ways. This is just an idea, a place for you to start. So uh, something to represent each element. Like for earth, I might use salt or I might use crystals or rocks. Um, I might use dirt, you know, or I could use something that grew from the earth, like um, a plant, you know, uh, I guess wheat is a common earth symbol, but you don't, you don't have to go out and find like stalks of wheat. It can be a clump of grass you pulled up from your yard. It doesn't matter. Just something that signifies earth to you. Um, the east is air. Incense is almost always the first thing that people um, will use to represent air. Um, anything that is either a smell or uh, like a smoke. Um, you can also use something like a feather. Um, you could use all sorts of things. These are, are sort of your typical standard stuff. Um, so the South is fire, obviously a candle. I, I don't know how more complicated you could get with fire. It's fire, make fire. And the same with water, it's water. <clears throat> you can use other things to represent water. For example, a seashell to me is very much a representation of water because it came from the sea, like the biggest source of water on you know our whole planet actually in our whole solar system for all we know the whole universe kind of doubt that but um so it could be you know a cup of water it could be your 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 um chalice or it could be you know your red solo cup it doesn't matter it could be a pretty bowl it doesn't matter so anyway just have water um, or some re representation of water. Uh, so then um, you will hold your object over each thing. Um, the way I have it written is that I started in the north with this. I held, I was doing um, a wand. I held my wand over the salt that I had. I had a bowl of salt and I said, powers of the north guardian of the earth I consecrate I consecrate this wand of willow and charge it with your energies I purify it this night and make this tool sacred and then I continued to the east you know I held the wand over the the incense smoke let the smoke go all over it um hold it over the fire carefully you know <laughs> probably don't want to catch your wand on fire I 
don't think that's how we want to incorporate fire into our magic. And then the same with the water. And then um, I use an altar. Uh, it's only in the sense that it is a place where um, all my things are at once when I'm doing a ritual or a spell. Plus lots of candles because, you know, aesthetic. <laughs> so then I would face my altar and then um, hold, hold the tool up to the sky and say, I charge, gosh, I charge this wand in the name of the old ones, the ancients, the sun and the moon and the stars. By the powers of earth, of air, of fire, and of water, I banish the energies of any previous owners and make it new and fresh. I consecrate this wand and it is mine. Um, the first time that I did that, I mean, honestly, it felt you know, a little bit ridiculous, a little bit dramatic and extra and what the hell, why am I doing this? But it really uh, had an impact. I would say, give it a go, try it out, see what you think. Um, I really think that if you can spend some time with your tool after you've consecrated it, you're going to not the only thing that you can do is strengthen the bond between you and your tool. Um, you know, if it's your wand and you're in a position where you're able to carry it around with you for a couple of days, you know, um, put it under your pillow at night for a couple of days, keep it with you, let it get to know you and you get to know it. You want your tool to be sort of an extension of you particularly a, a wander anathema. I mean, they're literally, the way you hold them is literally an extension of the line of your body. So um, you want it to be a part of you. You want to feel like when you pick it up, a feeling of familiarity, almost like going home. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. Um, you know, like I said, you can consecrate anything. You can bond with any of your, any of the things that you use magically. I would just go ahead and bond with it. You want it to mean something. Um, so for this week, uh, I think it would be really good if you can um, practice casting a circle some more, particularly uh, casting a circle um, and then consecrating some tool. Uh, you can try casting the circle like we did this time, you know, uh, you can try just casting it as pushing that light outside of yourself until it forms, you know, the sphere around you. Um, or you can do the big ritual where you, where you, you know, walk the circle and, and cast it in that way. Um, but I would, I would definitely practice casting a circle. Um, practice casting it in a way that you feel slightly separated from the rest of the world. You know, um, a lot of Wiccans will, will say that when they're encircled, they're between the realms. Um, they're not all the way into the other realm. They're not all the way in the 
the earthly realm. Um, and I did read somewhere, I, I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever read. What happens between the worlds happens on all the worlds. So this change that you're affecting, since it happened between the worlds, it happened on all of the worlds and not just on your physical plane of existence. Um, and that really, that really resonated with me. So maybe give that some thought, see what you think about that and how you can use that um, in your magic. You know, what happens between the worlds happens in all of the worlds. Um, and once you have uh, practiced casting your circle um, and you feel comfortable with that, try to concentrate, that word is so hard for me to say, consecrate. Try to consecrate your tool and bond with it and um, I would just, I would recommend doing it only one at a time. Uh, it's much more effective to cleanse and set intentions within and bond with one specific thing than it is a whole big group of things. Maybe start with your, with your wand if you have one and it doesn't have to be anything special. It really can be just a stick you picked up outside. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, you know, I try every week to say something positive at the end. And uh, I don't know, I'm just not really feeling very positive. So, you know, maybe that's it. We don't always have to be positive. You can live in this moment and be who you are in this moment. And that's acceptable and that's fine, regardless of whatever it is you feel like you need to work on or improve or whatever where you are right now, that's fine. Okay, so um, that's it for this week. Uh, I, I'll talk to you guys later. Remember to look me up on Twitter at stuff underscore witchy. Say hello. I'm still hoping to hear more of your music. Um, I got a couple of uh, songs and really, really love them. So I can't wait to hear more. Um, but for now, uh, episode... Uh, eight is in the books. Talk to you next week. Bye.